It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. And today we've got a lot to catch up on. We've got some catching up to do about that NC State Boston College game on Saturday. I know some loyal listeners have been reaching out to us saying, where was our post-game reflections podcast? Well, we are going to give you our post-game reflections on this podcast. Plus, we're going to preview the upcoming Louisville matchup a little bit. And if there's time permitting at the end, we might even address the NC State men's basketball team coming uh, coming off a win last night, 3-0 and three and on the season. Not many uh, legit tests, at least until they go down to the Bahamas next week when we're going to learn a whole lot more about that team. So if time doesn't permit, we will sure to be talking plenty about them in the upcoming near future. But before we get into our sports talk, some listener or some reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can also always watch us on YouTube, where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. Head over to thewolfpacker.com right now and take advantage of a special deal. For just $10, you can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the beginning of next college football season. So that's going to take you through the end of August 2023. Um, Better part of a year there. We've still got the rest of football season to go. We've got basketball season. We've got spring sports coming up. We've got a ton of recruiting that's going to happen between now and then. And, of course, that's going to take you basically all the way through your preseason coverage of the 2023 football team, which I know it's not what we want to hear. But, uh, you know, at least there's some promising, good-looking young talent on this team. I know. I know. We've we've heard it so many times before, but I will say I am excited to see what the future holds for NC State football. But we're going to talk about the present on this podcast and before we do, last but certainly not least, head over to rogueshop.com. That's r o g u e shop.com. rogueshop.com, proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast. Go there for your premium CBD and Delta 8 products. They've got all kinds of great products, whether it's uh, cannabis itself, oils, cartridges, lotions, edibles, all types of great stuff. Uh, You name it, it's there. If you're a regular user of cannabis, CBD, Delta 8, head over there. Try out the RogueShop.com's products. They've got some really high-grade quality premium products, and it's a small business. It's not some big big company with, you know, hundreds of people working there. This is a small mom and pop business that you can support husband and wife. The husband is a disabled veteran uh, that was turned on to these natural products to help him with some of his stress and anxiety, sleep deprivation, uh, chronic pain and inflammation. You know, these are all great products to help you treat some of those things naturally. So, uh, and he was, he had such a great experience by going the natural route that he wanted to create this business so he could share it with folks like you. So head over to rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com and uh, go support them. They support us. 
and you can support us by supporting them. So, Matt, let's uh, let's address the elephant in the room. We I, I saw the message board a little bit. I saw that uh, you know we've we've got a loyal audience, and shout out to our loyal audience. And uh, would like to issue an apology for not getting that post game reflections pod out in a timely fashion. Uh, as as our loyal listeners know, Matt and I live on separate coasts. I'm on the West Coast. Matt's on Matt's back in the Triangle. He lives in Durham, but is there at every game. And you know sometimes those time differences don't sync up. I'll put my hand up. I was probably more at fault for this one because you know it's it's Matt's full time job to cover the Wolfpack, so I'm sure you know he 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 could have made time. It was more on me. I was playing in a golf tournament Saturday morning that I did not want to miss. I was thinking that this would be the game to to miss. You know, Boston College. Oh, what whatever. I'll you know I'll miss the quarter, quarter and a half, whatever. I did get back home for the second quarter to watch the rest of the game. And uh, what I figured out when I went back and watched the condensed game is I missed the best part of the game for NC state to watch, which was the first 20, 25 minutes. I was like, what, where was, where was this team for the, for the final 40 minutes of the game? Um, So Matt, NC state goes down 21 to 20 and just going back to that condensed game. uh, So many things had to go right for Boston college and wrong for NC state for this to even be the outcome that we got. Now, NC State is certainly at fault for putting it itself in position to lose in a manner such as it did. But the final drive for Boston College was just the most excruciating, hair-pulling, mind-numbing sequence of events that, uh, that, that you know, you'll see in football. Now, that said, NC State's been on the beneficiary end of those types of games and situations over the past year. You can think back to the UNC game last year. You can think back to the Florida state game this year. Uh, you can think back to the Virginia tech game specifically uh, just a couple weeks ago, Matt, it's uh it's an ugly loss. There's no way around it. Um, what are your takeaways? That'd be an ugly win. I mean, that's a kind of, you know, to me, it was the East Carolina game all over again with the exception of Boston College didn't miss a kick or a field goal to end the game. I mean, it was just, you know, you felt like NC State should have been up by more on East Carolina. You felt like one score, the game's over against East Carolina. They didn't get it. Next thing you know, they are on their heels holding on desperately. Same thing happened in Boston College. It should not have been in that situation. And we'll talk about why it got to that situation, but that's the bottom line. Now, look, I, I'm in the camp of, of, I know Dave Dorn and Tony Gibson, Dorn very publicly, Gibson more uh, biting his tongue. I did not think that was pass interference on Drake Thomas. I watched the replay of the game. I saw what the TV commentators were saying it was. I think they, they had it wrong. At least I, I, Justin can correct me. At least I believe the TV commentators were saying it was the right call. I did not. I they were, but I don't. I don't believe it was a pass interference. Yeah, I think Drake Thomas was making a play on the ball. He had both hands in front of him. He was making a play on the football. Interfering with the receiver means that you interfere with the receiver's ability to make a catch while you're not trying to make a play on the ball. If you're two guys both going for the football and you make contact and you both meet at a spot 
where that football gets there. That's interesting. That, that, Greg Thomas has the right for that space too, uh, if he's making a play on the football. And so, yeah, that's what's tough about it. From uh, it's tough for the double whammy. Should have had an ugly win. That was fourth down. The game's over. But that doesn't excuse the fact that it was ugly. It was ugly. And then it turns into an ugly loss, which makes it a real double whammy. And it was just so – there was no way the game should have gotten to that point. I mean, the 14 nothing lead they took in the first quarter was the easiest 14 nothing lead NC State got in a game this year. Two three and outs for Boston College. Only one third down for NC State, which only came because on first down, Demi Sumo Kambe gained eight yards. And then on second down, he twisted his ankle right after he got the handoff and lost two yards, and it came third and fourth. That was the lone third down that they'd had on those two drives where they scored a touchdown. I mean, it, it should have been covering the spread territory. And instead, you know, the offense completely got out of rhythm. We've seen it before this season, and unfortunately it reared its ugly head. And the defense was being asked to, to bail them out. And I, I do, if I had one question about, above all, about some of the decisions that were made in that game, I think not being aggressive, trying to get first down the, there with about three minutes left would have been up at the top of the list. Now, I think you cannot ask. You know, I think they were banking on the defense, bailing them out for what really would have been about the fifth or sixth time. You're, you're pressing your luck at that point. Um, especially in two minutes situation where the game speeds up dramatically and all it takes is one play and then the next thing you know, you're on your heels. Like when the quarterback throws an ill-advised pass, but I think it was Devin Boykin didn't quite get a great read on it and then missed time to jump. And the receiver turned it into, I think, a 39-yard gain or a 29-yard gain or something like that. That's a huge play and next thing you know, they're in business. And so I, that would be the big, that would be the, the, there are a lot of things you can obviously question, but to me, with not being more aggressive there, especially on third down after BC had just caught a timeout with like 250 or three minutes left to go for the first down instead of just hand off right up the middle, literally. And I, 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 I thought they were asking for trouble at that point. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, you know, you got a lot of trust in your defense. And and it was another game where the defense, for all intents and purposes, played a strong game, was burned by some costly penalties, did create three turnovers. Um, the, fact well the, matter, the fact of the matter is, though, Zay Flowers, they said this on the broadcast, and it's correct, Zay Flowers is the be- was the best player on that field. And when you – doesn't matter how bad that team is. If you have the best player on the field, he can make plays. And he made a couple. I mean, made more than a couple, but uh, at least a couple that ended up in points on the board for Boston College. Seven receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns seemed like big explosive plays. Um, and we kind of expected that, that, you know, Boston College's best punch here was going to be, you know, could Zay Flowers get in the end zone a couple times and, I mean, it seems like Boston, the best-case scenario for Boston College points total-wise was probably always going to be about 21 points, and they got everything they could possibly get, basically, against this defense. Um, 
you know, there was a, there was an opportunity in the first half, Matt, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on the situation. Dave Doran's been pretty aggressive on fourth down opportunities, especially in the red zone Mm -hmm. uh, this season. And the situation was Boston college had just scored its first touchdown. So it was 14 to seven second quarter uh, NC State had a seven-play, 65-yard drive, six-play, 65-yard drive before that fourth and fourth and goal, but it was you know from about the two-yard line or so. <sighs> to go up two possessions in that situation, you know it's an automatic three points if you roll Chris Dunn out there. I get in that specific time in the game where – if you can get a touchdown on the board, it becomes a two-touchdown game, and you don't think Boston College is probably going to be able to even score two touchdowns. But, again, when you've got a defense rolling like this against the offense that is very, very limited, I think that's probably one that, you know, all of us in hindsight would probably have wanted the three points there because I could have made the difference between an ugly win and an ugly loss. I'm not going to put anybody on blast for that decision because frankly in the same scenario I probably would have made the same decision I like to go I like to lean aggressive versus being conservative however I also am not the one that makes millions of dollars to coach football team so that's why I'm not in charge yeah uh but it just it was just one observation that when I watched when I went back and watched the game I was like man that was a crucial three points that was that was the game right there it could have been the game. Yeah, in hindsight, that would definitely um yeah, three points the game's over. I got that. Especially if you know that your strategy in the second half is gonna be, okay, let's just try to control the clock. Let's just try to keep him at arm's distance. Like it it was kind of conflicting strategy, right? Like if you're gonna go aggressive there, then why not go aggressive in the second half? I think the way the game played out probably altered. I I don't know if they suspected they weren't going to be aggressive in the second half. I think three turnovers changed the complexion of the second half, two of which were going to be downfield throw. One was a downfield throw that MJ Moore just completely – Just a bad throw. throw, Which happens. Not not to say he's a bad quarterback. No. Still saw the flashes early on. Yeah, it looked like it was, they were waiting for a downfield path to unfold, and it just got stripped. Um, so I think that kind of changed, but I kind of I'm with you. And knowing now, if you knew then what you know now, of course you take the three points and you win the game. And uh, you would have been up two possessions. Yeah, you know, it totally changes everything for for the second half in particular, but. You know, at the time, you just need a yard. Offense had been playing pretty well. And it just so happened that they know I went back and watched the play. I think it was uh, Chandler Javala was pulling one of your best offensive linemen. He got beat by the nose guard at Boston College. And initially, it looked like it, when you play that play slowly, it looked like it's unfolding nicely. And then the no tackle split past Javala, and I think Penix couldn't quite hold his block, and Morris got beat. I think if Morris had bounced outside, he might have had a a lane. You know what? The what if game I play more is the play before that. What if Jordan Houston doesn't stumble when he gets past the defender 
defender just got barely enough of Jordan Houston to make him stumble, and he couldn't keep his balance and fell down at the one-yard line. If he just holds on to his balance, they score there. And when I, you know, there was a lot of that type of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. What if MJ Morris doesn't, um, you know, have a bad exchange with the running back on a read option and fumble the ball over at midfield? Uh, what if the ref doesn't throw a flag? Um, <laughs> a lot of that type of stuff in this game. The bottom line was, you know, you push, I just, they were just one of those games that the stars did not align for NC State. On the, it was very much reminiscent of the Wake Forest game that was such a bummer in 2018 and how it unfolded. That Wake Forest game never should have gotten to that point. It did, and then boom, in the last 20, 30 seconds, they get the big touchdown to win the game. And, you know, if State makes the first downs, on the drive before that, the game's over, right? And it's very similar to that. At least that Wake Forest team was a bold team. And we now know Jamie Newman was a great quarterback who was having his breakout game. Uh, this Boston College team is a seven-loss team. And, you know, that's just a bad look. It's <laughs> just a bad, a bad look. Maybe that quarterback ends up being something. He had a, he had a nice arm. All of that, but you just can't. You know, it's, that's just a tough one to swallow. That's what makes it really difficult. Cause they've been heartbroken losses, but they've been to teams that you're kind of like, well, oh, that's Wake Forest. Wake Forest always does that to NC State or, you know, something like that. This was Boston College, that Boston College team. Yeah. And that's Espe- what- yeah especially with, you know, with the three games you had left and the situation you were in at seven and two, you're thinking, all right, we got three games left. If the stars align and we can get to 10 and 2, this week's got to be the easiest one. It's the only one left at home. It's senior day. You're playing arguably one of the worst teams in the ACC. And uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, everything, every little bounce, every little break had to go Boston College's way. And, you know, the poor outcome for NC State for, for this, for this to be the outcome that happened. But, um, you know, NC State's still clearly a better team than Boston College. It doesn't, it doesn't really change my opinion of this team because we knew, it, we've known all along that the offense has always been limited. I think what makes this loss sting more, other than what we've already said, is the fact that that Wake Forest game gave you a glimmer of hope that there it was. There was the NC State team that everyone was kind of expecting this season. Even after you lose Devin Leary, your starting quarterback, the ACC preseason player of the year, out for the season, then you bring in the true freshman, and he looks he looks great in his first, you know, five quarters of important yeah. football. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I guess we should probably, uh, you know, start looking ahead to the Louisville game here, Matt, because there's two more games left and it's, you know, NC state's probably going to be the underdog in these last two games. They already are the underdog against Louisville four point favorite uh, home team up in Louisville. And, uh, and UNC is certainly going to be a favorite next week when NC state goes to Chapel Hill. Uh, I have seen rumors on Twitter, 
Matt, about uh, the the injury status or lack thereof of MJ Morris, the starting quarterback. Uh, what can you speak to? And all we know, right, is officially that he's he's going to play according to the depth chart, right? That's all we know. <laughs> all we officially know, right? But yeah, that's uh, all I know. That's all I know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not an insider <laughs> at all. For all, I mean. I don't know, man. I don't believe NC State Twitter half the time, so I don't know what to make of it. We'll have to wait and see on Saturday, right? And look, nobody can deny the rumors are out there. Probably a bit irresponsible how the rumors got out there in the first place. But, um, you know, I think some of the initial rumors regarding about MJ Morris may have been um, exaggerated. Might be the word I used. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And, um, I kind of, there's been some information we put on the premium message board. If you want to check it out, I, I talked about it a little bit in the chat. But, it, you know, I think what's more important is the collective health of the offense when we're talking about Louisville because it's not just MJ Moore. It's all Grant Gibson go down. And big guys getting an ankle or a foot or a knee injury, that's kind of a double whammy, but that's not – 200 pounds, they're walking around on that leg. That's 300 plus, plus pounds, they're walking around on that leg. And they take longer to heal from those ankle sprains or or knee sprains or whatever it may be. So you got that. And he's got a pro career to think about. You got Trent Pennix, clearly. Um, something with the shoulder again. That You know, he missed six games with the shoulder injury. Just, um you know, just didn't feel it out there. It was pretty clear he was trying to gut it out. You got Demi Sumo clearly that that ankle wasn't a hundred percent. He went down. Yeah, you played the game without Devin Carter. You played the game without Tyler Baker Williams on defense. But I think the more pressing issue is offense. It's just all these guys. Look, MJ Morris was limping. We all saw that, so we can't hide the fact that he was limping around out there. So you got all these banged up guys on offense, and you're going up against a Louisville defense that is wickedly aggressive. One of the country's leaders in sacks per game. They had seven against Virginia. They had eight against Wake Forest. They had four against Florida State. Four against Central Florida. They're going to get after you, and they also, by the way, will turn you over a lot. Florida State, uh, reliable. Great, great timing. Yeah. Florida State, two turnovers. South Florida, three turnovers. Boston College, three turnovers. Virginia, three turnovers. Pittsburgh, four turnovers. Clemson, three turnovers. So we all know about Wake Forest, eight turnovers against Louisville. But don't let that fool you. They turn over teams a ton. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven of the last eight games, teams have turned it over three times or more against Louisville. So mm. this is an aggressive defense that gets after you. They go for tackles. They, they're disruptive. And they're looking to force turnovers. And it's a variety of ways. They got 14 interceptions. They got 13 fumbles. So it's not one of those situations where, okay, completed a pass. You know, you got to it, – it, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a very tall test for whoever is out there. But if it's a, if MJ Morris can go, don't breathe a sigh of relief. 
This is a true freshman going against maybe the most disruptive, aggressive defense in the ACC. So then the million-dollar question is, Justin, is does Malik Cunningham play? And how does that affect the matchup? Well, if he does not play, then NC State's defense is always a force to reckon with. If he does play, the expectations become more like the expectations for the Wake Forest game, which is can you slow him down? Um, If he plays, it's hard to see. I mean, it's it's hard to see NC State a path to victory just based on how the offense looked last week. Can maybe NC State's offense comes back to Wake Forest form, but you know you kind of had a loss for words when you seemingly see so much progress in a matter of weeks, and then it just all regresses back to where the offense was before uh, everything happened. So um, now I will say this: Law of the Wolf. Shout out to Joe Giulio. For, uh, the law of the wolf, it does seem to be, you know, it, it seems to happen a lot where NC State goes into these games and you just expect nothing and you're just so beaten and battered and you're just, ugh, you're like, you're not even excited about the game. And then NC State, you know, goes up there and, and shocks everybody and looks good and puts together a complete game and comes back with, with the road victory and, and goes into the last week of the season with eight wins, an opportunity to get a ninth, ninth against your against your arch rival. And and you'd still be ranked, by the way. NC State somehow still ranked in the college football playoff poll at 24 um, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Won't be, won't be if they lose this weekend. So if you want to retain that college football playoff poll ranking, you're going to have to win this week, likely going to have to win in week uh, week 13 against the Tar Heels. But, um, but yeah, I, look, I guess my, my expectation is that NC State doesn't win this game, but my experience of watching NC State my entire life is these are the exact type of games where, you know, maybe something happens where you're, that you're not expecting. Because none of us were expecting Boston College to win last week, and none of us were expecting NC State to be down 21-3 to against Virginia Tech at home. And nobody was expecting NC State to cruise to victory like it did against Wake Forest. So really the last three weeks, just throw out the expectations because the game has gone completely different than what we've expected. And maybe that'll happen again this weekend. Well, I tell you, I think Malik Cunningham makes everything in this game. And with him, you're talking about a quarterback that rushed for an average of 62 yards per game um, who throws for, I mean, between his passing and running yards, he's averaging almost 235 yards per game. Um, he's the most explosive athletic quarterback. Now, what did NC State struggle with? What's been the one Achilles heel of the defense this year? Dual threat quarterbacks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the backup, Brock Doman, Doman, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name, number 19. Not an athletic quarterback. He had a long run against uh, one at maybe Virginia, but he is a pure pocket quarterback. Um, that changes Louisville a lot. You know, against Clemson, when he came in the second half, he was 13 of 23 for 175 yards, touchdown, and an interception. Um, 
but I don't. I think that they only scored the seven points in the second half um, without him, without Malik Cunningham. So, look, if, if Cunningham can't go, you can see a path for where NC State can get that kind of low scoring affair, and you put your trust in your defense. And, and then it becomes a game of big plays. Now, they have big play receivers. They always have had at Louisville. They love those really fast wideouts outside. Um, so if you can limit their big plays, Tyler Hutchinson in particular, then you keep them maybe in check. If, if Cunningham can't go, if Cunningham goes, then you're going to have to say, hey, look, you can't put it all on the defense here. Offense is going to have to do something. As banged up as they might be, they're going to have to do something. Um, but if, if Cunningham does not play, he's probably saying, okay, you know, can you find a way where similar to the Syracuse game offensively, where you, instead of settling for three field goals, maybe get a touchdown or two in the red zone? And would that be enough against Louisville with their backup quarterback? So, if I told him to get them, I asked him straight up what's the first thing you're going to do on Saturday. He said, I'm going to go look to see if Malik Cunningham. He's going to be out there early looking to see if Malik Cunningham's in the game. So um, that is such a huge element to the game. It really can't go understated enough. Well, the defense certainly deserves a strong finish to the year. Uh, two more games left in the regular season. The level the, – the, Bowl opportunities at stake here. Fancy State can finish strong, respectable, you know, eight and four, nine and three record. Would expect a good bowl game. Last I checked, after, even after this uh, embarrassing loss to Boston College, I saw NC State projected in the Holiday Bowl against Washington. I saw NC State projected in the Cheez It Bowl, aka the what Citrus Bowl down in Orlando. So couple good bowls there that uh, NC State would be able to play a respectable Power 5, strong Power 5 opponent. So still still things to play for. And, of course, you got the Tar Heels next week. I mean, that that speaks for itself. So, anyways, we're, we're, we've run out of time to talk about basketball. That's okay. We really don't know that much about this basketball team yet. We're going to learn a lot more next week, and we will have some analysis on the Wolfpack. Um Closing out this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube, where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. Follow us on social media, at The Wolfpacker is our main account on Twitter. You can follow me personally, at Justin H. Will on Twitter. Uh, give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. And head over to thewolfpacker.com, where you should take advantage of a special deal for just 10 bucks. You can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the beginning of next college football season. So that takes you through the end of August 2023. There's still That's a lot of time. Got the rest of football season left. Um, I mean, heck, you want to know, you know, you want to know the deal with MJ Morris. I mean, Matt is, Matt is even keel. He's not going to tell you anything that he doesn't know. So, um, you know, you see Twitter rumors out there. You want to know the truth. Head over to thewolfpacker.com, take advantage of that special deal, 10 bucks, premium subscription through the end of next August. Last and certainly not least, uh, head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for premium CBD and Delta 8 cannabis products. They've got all kinds of great products, cartridges, 
oils, lotions, tinctures, all kinds of great stuff. Edibles, um, very tasty edibles, may I say. Uh, proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast. Husband and wife outfit. The husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products to help treat some of his anxiety and stress, uh, trouble sleeping at night, chronic pain and inflammation. If you feel like you feel, you know, you suffer from some of these symptoms uh, and you're looking for a more natural way to, you know, help mitigate some of those symptoms, then head over to rogueshop.com. They've got some great products that are going to really help you out and uh, take advantage of their chat feature. You'll be talking to a real life human being, not a robot. It is a small business rogueshop.com proud sponsors of the wolfpacker podcast so if you support us you can support us by supporting them so head over there rogueshop.com that's r-o-g-u-e shop.com and that is going to do it for this wolfpacker podcast for matt carter i'm justin williams and this has been the wolfpacker podcast